Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're looking at a play and a book that tell the story of Lehman, the bank whose collapse was at the centre of the financial crisis ten years ago. The book by FT journalist Peter Chapman and the play, The Lehman Trilogy, currently playing to sold-out audiences in London, tell the story of the human face of the crash. Jan Daly, our arts editor, discusses the play and the book with Peter and with Sarah Hemming, our theatre critic. Peter, your book tells the story of the Lehman Brothers from 1844, when they arrived from Bavaria as immigrants, right up to 2008, the infamous crash. It also brings in so many aspects of American social history as well as financial history. Tell us a little about that. What I intended to do was tell a story of the American dream, if you like, you know, from the moment of immigration, of a very ordinary person, a very ordinary family coming from Bavaria. Ordinary in the sense that there were thousands like them. But of course, we have to remember that immigrants coming in are great entrepreneurs, the very fact they've crossed half a world to get where they are. And the Lehman family represented that in the most amazing fashion. So many things that we think of as essentially American, the Lehman family was behind. I mean, we think of modern Hollywood, for example. They financed great films like King Kong and Gone with the Wind. They created more or less the phenomenon of American shopping with companies like Woolworths, Sears, Roebuck, Macy's of New York. And in the late 20s, early 30s, they launched commercial aviation, as we know it today, with Pan American Airways. They put America on the road at the time of the interstate highway system with companies like the Hertz Corporation. And they had a great background in theatre as well. I think they founded the career of Marlon Brando, actually, with Streetcar Named Desire. So they did an awful lot in social history in America. Peter, you mentioned the entrepreneurial spirit of immigrants, which, of course, is the foundational story of America itself. It's all about immigration and enterprise. And that obviously has a lot of implications for today. Do you think that your book has something to say to people wrestling with this question now? We're wrestling with it all the way around the developed world, of course, not just in America. Yeah, we do forget because immigrants are often characterised in the press and the media in general as being people who aren't wanted. And yet we overlook the fact that the very fact that these people have come so far, they've already shown a spirit which the receiving nation gains the benefit of. And the nation that sent them or caused them to leave loses a great deal. And the Lehman Brothers story really is a sort of quintessential story of showing what immigrants, migrants can do with their determination, their focus, their absolute insistence that they are going to make it. And in that sense, I think it's got a story to tell today as the shutters go up and people are told to keep away. If you'd have kept Lehman Brothers away, the Lehmans, a Jewish family, a migrating family, if you'd have kept them away from America... Who knows, you know, what wouldn't have happened that we now take for granted as far as American society is concerned. Sarah, does the play make points about this? For example, how did a man from Bavaria land up in Alabama? Yeah, I think that it's very interesting because you might expect it to be quite critical now of the American dream. And in a way, it's quite sort of romantic about it. And it reminds us that the American dream is exactly that. It's hardworking people making something for themselves and for other people. And that so many of these people came to the shores and made a life. And often they ran away from something terrible, as many immigrants are today. 
And so I think subtly, actually, because it doesn't bang it on the head, it doesn't make actually big political statements. I think it just shows you that, which is what the best drama does. It shows you rather than tells you. And so you see the bravery they had to have, really, to dare to do it. And it's good to be reminded of that right now, actually. These three brothers, initially three brothers, but then, of course, many others of the family, went on to create this extraordinary empire over the course of decades. How is this represented on stage? It's an astonishing story to tell on stage. The playwright, we should say, is actually an Italian, Stefano Massini, and the play was translated from Italian. But I don't think we knew about it until recently. It had been on in Italy. And it's been adapted at the National Theatre by Ben Power. But I think what's remarkable about the play is it does follow what um, Peter's book does. It opens out that fact that Lehman Brothers, which we now associate with the collapse and all those employees running out onto the street with their boxes, it tells us that story. It's epic. It's poetic. It's three parts long. It's a trilogy. It's absolutely immense. It sort of feels Shakespearean in some ways or Greek. But I think the real genius idea on stage, which is down to Ben Power and Sam Mendes, the director, is that they bring focus to this epic. So it could be a huge sprawling thing that could go on for days and days and days. I mean, so much stuff, so many characters. They do it with just three actors and they tell the whole story. If I very briefly describe it, the set is the empty Lehman Brothers office and it's clearly sort of after the party's over, you know, it's it's empty, there's clearly been a crisis meeting, it's all over. And into this steps Henry Lehman and his two brothers and they tell the whole story in this office dressed in their sober black and they go from setting up a little shop to trading in cotton to becoming bankers to the stock exchange. You see all that Peter's just described but it's all contained within these three actors Sounds stunning. Peter, as somebody who knows this story probably better than almost anybody else, how did the play come over to you? Did it work? Oh, absolutely. I really did love it. It was superb. I remember in the first act in particular, with the arrival at the New York dockside of Henry Lehman, the feeling of just being absorbed by the whole story and this dreamlike sequence of as the family built itself and built so much of what we understand to be America, it just felt very sympathetic to me. I felt extremely comfortable with it. And I, at the end of the first act, I, I did require, I did need to sit around for 30 seconds in my seat, gathering myself again before going on the break. and needed to go on the break because it was going on for two and a half hours more, all of which was good. And I did enjoy the treatment of it. Well, it has been a completely sold out success in London and it is transferring to New York in March. It's going to the New York Armoury for initially a limited run. Sarah, how would you account for the power of this story? You know, we've had plays before about money. There was Carol Churchill's Serious Money. There was Lucy Preble's Enron, which big hit here, not in the States, oddly. But this one seems to have captivated people's minds in a very different way. Yeah, I think several things, really. I think one thing, it's unexpected. I think what a lot of people going to see the play expected was an account of the final run-up to the crash and all that complex financial stuff that the FT has so well covered. And it does something completely different. It goes right back to the question of how did we get here in a really epic way. It starts, as Peter's book does, with these three original people. And it looks at the distance we've travelled. And this is something that affects all of us. I mean, we all know how big the impact of the crash has been. So it's a story in which we're all invested. And it asks big, big questions about that. But as I say, it has this tight focus on these three original men. And it's a very human story. It's a family drama. 
And the remarkable thing also about containing it within three actors is that they stay on stage throughout. They play absolutely all the characters, whether that's an ancient rabbi or a little child or an 18-year-old girl. They play all of those, which is fun and it's theatrical and playful and resourceful in keeping with the story. But it also gives you this double focus in that you can see throughout these original men. They sort of haunt the stage, which asks in a wonderfully theatrical way, how did we get here? How do we move from that to this? And I think it makes it accessible, which is an overused word, but it makes it really accessible and approachable and very human, actually. I think that's why it's such a huge success. Do you both have a prediction about how this might travel to America? The play, I mean. For example, the New York Times and the other serious American newspapers have been writing and writing about it. They can't get enough. They've had British critics, American critics talking about it. And in a sense, you feel they can't wait to get their hands on it. In another way, they're a bit sort of, hmm, why are these British people telling us about our history, our country? What's your prediction, Sarah? It's very hard to know, isn't it? Because you would expect going to New York, which is where the story starts, where the story finishes, and, you know, where, I mean, so much of it is set in New York. You know, there's the scenes from the crash in 1929. You'd expect it to fit beautifully there and with the concerns of theatre-goers now. But it's hard to know because Enron famously did very well here, um, Lucy Preble's Enron, about that disaster, and it it didn't go so well um, in America. So... I'm going to say it's going to be a success. This feels to me a very sympathetic American story. I don't think it's going to anger the American audiences. And in fact, I have heard members of the audience that have seen this production here say, when is it coming to New York? There's a call already gone out from, as it were, ordinary theatre-going people. So I'm uh, very hopeful. So a rags to riches and then way back down again story, Peter. Did you see it when you were writing your book and researching the story as a kind of morality tale? Or was it purely about all the things we know, overconfidence and too much risk and all the rest? I think there was a touch of morality. I didn't want to come across as sounding too moral. But there was this movement in America and throughout the development of capitalism away from things that we can feel and touch, which is very much what the Lehman Brothers, the original Lehman Brothers, dealt in, you know, from cotton all the way through to aeroplanes and film in Hollywood and all the rest of it. And then gradually... And actually rapidly near the end, where Lehman Brothers went, and this, of course, was pretty much after the family itself had departed from the business, it went into the world of these obscure things, which very few people understood, not least the bosses of the companies that were launching them. And for me, what the play did, it showed this human element that behind this almost hateful final manifestation of Lehman Brothers, where we saw all these silly products that were being created around the city and Wall Street that people had warned against, that behind that was these generations of human endeavour, which were producing very practical things, which we all like and have used. And it was as if it was thrown away at a stroke, a complete disaster. And yet behind it was the wonderful creativity and entrepreneurship of these original Lehmans and the people and the family around them. I think that's also a wonderful thing about this play is theatre is ephemeral. It doesn't last. So you spend so many hours creating together this story and then it's gone. And I think the play really plugs into that. It's very interesting morally. I think all the way along there's these little questions coming through. So when does enterprise turn into greed? When does bravery turn into hubris? When does making money become bad? And as you say, you see that movement away from the original, let's make some money and make stuff for people that they want into this abstract world. And it, it just gets that so physically, I think, and so clearly, so vividly. 
Well, it sounds as if we're describing the whole nature of capitalism itself. So that's probably a good note on which to end. Peter and Sarah, thank you so much. Peter Chapman's book, entitled The Last of the Imperious Rich, is published by Penguin Portfolio. And the Lehman Trilogy is at the National Theatre, London. That was Jan Daly talking to Peter Chapman and Sarah Hemming. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more news next week, but in the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and you would like to discover more FT content, take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.